0: Square Media Station. Nine, eight, seven. <laughs> Three, two, one. stand by for Wyoming Hookin' and hunting outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. <laughs>
1: Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Dinning. Hey, I'm Aaron
0: Lewis. Hey,
2: it's Luke Bryan. I'm
0: Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsey. Ah, uh, this is Craig Moore. And you're listening to Wyoming Hookin' and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5.
3: Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for coming in. Another great show. We've got a lot to cover today. Introduce you to the Dallas Safari Club that's right here in Wyoming. I know it seems weird. But we're going to uh, explain it to you a little bit later on this morning with Jamie and Lindsay. Plus, of course, Janet and Brian and Brian from Rocky Mountain Discount Sports, all going to be here on another great show. Let's get a rolling. And if you missed any of our previous shows, you can hit us up in the My Country 95.5 app. On
0: Wyoming, hooking and hunting outdoors with Drew Kirby on My Country 95.5. Wyoming, hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. Well, thank you so
3: much for coming back and joining us. You can listen to all of our shows inside the app on demand. And Janet Millick and Brian Olson are with me from Wyoming Game and Fish Department. Now, Janet, Brian, uh, the animals have been hunted for a few months now, and that kind of causes an issue.
4: That's right, Drew. This time of year um, can be kind of a difficult time if you're trying to navigate. You know, in town and even just outside of town, um, anybody who's been driving around Casper recently um, knows that there is just a lot of wildlife. Poplar, Outer Drive, CY, a lot of the parks, Mike Cedar, um, near Elkhorn, all of those areas. And, and, you know, there's a lot of reasons why. Um, People are in the field, so they're kind of spooking the animals around a little bit. Deer are in the rut. So the bucks are really looking for a doe and their single focus on one thing. And so they're not watching for cars. They're not worrying about anything else. They're just worried about themselves. And so that's why we as drivers and walkers and pet owners need to be kind of aware of the situation and make good choices.
3: You know, it's kind of interesting how you could be out and you could walk miles and miles and, uh, you know, have opportunities to harvest a, a deer and, you know, they hear you step on a twig and they're gone. But the car driving 40 miles an hour down the street, they don't care about that. Um, And and it really is kind of a scary situation because they could really mess up your day.
4: Sure. You know, um, these animals become habituated to having people around, those that are just kind of the townies, as as some people call them. And so it, it it is kind of a a tricky situation and people just need to always be aware whether you're driving or whether you're walking um, just be aware of the situation around you. You know, we've got turkeys that, that like to um, disturb little children. And so that's, you know, always, we had one, everybody remembers the famous Thomas Gobble who loved children with a backpack on whatever Um, image that created for that turkey. He just loved to chase them. And so those are situations that everybody kind of needs to be aware of and make good choices. And then we try to intervene as much as possible, but there's a lot of times that we can't. And so, you know, keep your dog on a leash. Make sure that if you're letting your dogs outside in the morning and you typically have deer around your area or antelope, make sure that they're not around. Um, Just be smart.
3: I can kind of see if uh, someone is in an area they're not normally driving through where they may not know where deer are. But deer, even during the rut and hunting season, they kind of have a pattern that they get on. And if you've seen them in the morning, say at the YMCA, as I do coming to work every day, you know, I know that they're there. So I always am alert on that. But if I were driving, you know, on the north side of town, I'm not real sure. What's the best things that people need
2: to look for uh, when they're driving in an area they're not familiar? Well, I think you kind of treat it like you're in a school zone. You know, you got to watch out for, you know, things that uh, are movement, you know, movement along the side of the road. Um, just, you know, put your phone down. Good example of not be on your phone. Be alert. I mean, those animals are all over through town. And like say, we have, um, you know, deer and we have turkeys, a few antelope. Um, those are the things that are just kind of moving through town and, and just being alert. They can just be about anywhere. And, um, just being alert what's going on in town. I, I don't know what else to tell you, Drew, but that's kind of like the best advice. You know, you always see
3: the, the animal crossing signs throughout the area, driving on the highways or whatever. Now, I know some people are thinking, oh, well, they put those up because that's where they want the animals to cross. Uh, and that would be nice if you could do that, but that's not really why they're there. Can
2: you explain what those really are and what people need to be alert on? So the densities of... Uh, animal collisions with cars are why those signs are there. So those places that we have higher, um, you know, rates of, uh, animals getting hit by vehicles, that's why those, those signs are up there. So yes, that's why you should be more alert during those areas, you know, because that's usually where deer crossing and in town, that's, that's the most common critter that we see that's hit. And, um, we get quite a few every day, It'd be surprising for most people, how many deer, or other critters get actually get hit in town every day. Um, and it really has, comes down to people just not paying attention because it is most of the time during the daylight and not at night.
4: That being said, um, we just always wanna make sure um, that people are, are just Again, aware of their surroundings because those signs we get so used to seeing them that we ignore them. It is something that people don't recognize those can be um, high migration areas. So depending on the time of year, you know, that could be where the animals when they're moving from summer range to lower winter range. Um, are moving across so you might only see them there two times a year and so you know the other times of year you might just ignore that sign and and get used to ignoring it but it's there for a reason and it's there for public safety
0: into wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors my country 95.5
3: well, Brian, we're getting to that point of the year where it's hard to believe this, but in just a couple of weeks, we're going to be Black Friday shopping.
1: Oh, yeah, it's coming up quick, and it happens every year. Every <laughs> every single
3: year, and this year, it'll be here before you know it, and the store's looking really full. I mean, I, a lot of hunters have come in and got all they need, and uh, and so the shelves are stocked and ready for anybody else.
1: Yeah, we got lots of great items, and, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of, lot of good just regular gift items, but, you know, stocking stuffers, and there's a lot of, lot of good... Good ideas if you just kinda cruise around and look look for some some neat stuff.
3: So you have, uh, have talked to a lot of hunters this year, and and from what I've seen picture-wise, it's been a pretty successful year so far for hunters, which means you guys have gone through a lot of game bags and, uh, you know, all the preparations they need to harvest that animal.
1: Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's been fun. You know, it's uh, nice nice working in this type of environment where somebody is excited after the, after the hunt and they're coming through and, you know, maybe they didn't harvest something, but they, they, they passed on some big animals or they just saw lots of animals and just maybe couldn't get to them. So it's a, it's a great time, and we really guys have, depending on the area, been really successful. It's been nice to see.
3: Now, when you get an elk, and and this year you got one last year, so you didn't put in for one or didn't get the draw this year. But you know, I mean, the sausages and the salamis and the burgers and everything like that can be really taken care of in the store as well because you guys have all the processors and meat slicers and grinders.
1: Yeah, that's that's the nice part. You know, when you when you've got your own grinder and you're processing your own animal you can kind of you can kind of work that animal up in pieces like you know so if uh, a lot of times i'll take just instead of adding uh, suet to my burger i'll just do some straight burger knowing that i'm going to make jerky out of that or i'm going to take a nice roast and then just slice it and throw it on the dehydrator but uh this is a great time of year where you know maybe it's a little cold outside fire up the the smoker or the dehydrator and and uh, get your jerky and stuff done
3: well and that's the best part is we haven't had too much of a winter snap yet you know a little bit of. here there so it's still weather wise great to get out on the smokers and even the grills
1: yeah it's it's comfortable enough to be outside i mean we were we were just fishing a week ago so um you know and we'll probably be out there again so uh yeah there's plenty plenty of good time for for smoking and dehydrating and still being out in the field
3: and it's okay you could use that uh that roast from your deer or your elk or whatever to Put on your Thanksgiving table. It'd
1: be a great idea. Yeah, and well, Thanksgiving, you know, we almost all everybody has a few extra days off, and so it's a great time to kind of just plan ahead and make sure you've got your sausage kits and your jerky mix. And uh, you know, while, while the while the turkey's cooking, throw the, some uh, meat on the dehydrator and get your jerky going.
3: You know, you can hear in the background, and sounds like some guys are still uh, sighting in their bows and maybe doing a late <laughs> late season bow hunt.
1: Yeah, there's not a whole lot of that, but uh, we're just getting ready for target season. You know, we've got a lot of guys with the uh, indoor range stuff and a lot of the, the target stuff so now that everybody's harvested their animals they're kind of switching gears from the hunting bows to the target bows
3: which we'll be talking about ice fishing before you
1: know it and everything we know if la nina or el nino
3: or <laughs> cousin bob or whatever the the uh, weather pattern is happens like they say it's going to be a good ice fishing year
1: yeah and we've got most of our ice fishing uh product already in and on the shelf so um if you are that guy that always waits till the last minute and your favorite lure is always out of stock now's the time to get in yeah.
3: <laughs> (laughs) Uh, Get in and check out everything at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports, whether it's clothing, gear, hiking gear, camping gear, uh, even rifles and shotguns and handguns and all of it. They've got it here at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports.
0: It's hunting Outdoors, my country, 95.5. You
3: mentioned a few minutes ago, Brian, that you were just out fishing uh, last week and probably going to do a little bit more fishing before it freezes over,
1: hopefully anyway. Uh, How's the bite? You know, it's it's still been pretty good. Um, we we were down at Glendo last weekend, and a couple of friends of mine said they had a really good Saturday, so we went down Sunday. Um, they did say it was more of an afternoon bite, um, and that proved to be true for us. We uh, we jumped all over the lake, and we were marking fish, and they just they weren't real active and weren't biting. Uh, we were throwing minnows and spoons and some jigging wraps, but uh, about 1 o'clock, started throwing some some minnows and some. Sl- Slip bobbers, And we were trying to target some crappie and we ended up finding uh, we ended up did catch three nice 14 inch crappie and one You know, probably seven or eight incher and then a handful of walleyes um, on that slip bobber as well So uh, the bite did pick up in the afternoon probably from one to three It was probably our, our best bite and we probably ended up catching, you know, 30 walleyes probably only three or four that were over 15 but it uh, kept us pretty active. Do you have an idea of what the temperature was when you started getting hit? Was it like mid 50s, upper 50s? You know, the water temperature was right around 52. So um, I'm not sure how much that had a play in it or if it was just, you know, the conditions. It was pretty calm. We didn't have much wind. Um, and they just seemed like they wanted a real slow presentation. So
3: Over the last few days, uh, wind has been a, a pretty big issue. So when you get out there this time of year, are they going to move and, and
1: react a little more with that heavy winds. It's hard saying, you know, if, uh, you know... Usually the spoon and jig jiggin' wrap bite you know t- picks up pretty good right now because of the shad and stuff there and um, if that bite you know continues on or gets better then the the spoons and stuff will be fine. but if those fish really are looking more for a finesse bite, you know when it's windy, it's kind of hard to to feel that that bite on your on your line with a bow in your line and stuff so
3: when when you go out on a, on a day like that obviously you know you're not in the water you're out and the wind is getting with you it's a little bit chilly uh are you going out with like the same idea you would clothing wise where you're dressing in layers and then you you know about midday you're stripping them off
1: oh yeah and it, and it was like that this week you know we put on a nice you know pair of uh wind pants you know or i use my ice fishing pants or bib overalls type of stuff but yeah mid, midway through the day we're we're taking those off and uh just burning up so So pretty much wearing a sweatshirt or long sleeve shirt
3: and i've seen a few guys that have been uh, you know had their their bibs on or, or whatever when they're going to pick that stuff out what's the best way to to fit it because not everybody's shaped the same but
1: yeah i mean you got to try that stuff on it you know a lot of that uh, you know guide wear uh, that insulated stuff um you know you're going to be wearing you know probably a jacket with it or you know a heavy sweatshirt that kind of stuff so you want to make sure that they're they're bulky enough so you know, if you were, you normally wear a size large, you might go an XL on something that you're, you know, going over the top of.
3: Preparing just like you would go out on your hunt on a cold mm-hmm. weather day, doing that fishing-wise would be better for
1: you. Yeah, I usually carry a dry bag full of, you know, like my rain gear type of stuff, my bibs. And before I get on the water, I'm usually putting the bibs on and depending on wh- how windy it is, what I'm going to wear for a jacket. But then as the day goes on, I'm usually stripping that stuff off, throwing it back in the dry bag and, and starting over for the next trip.
3: Yeah, pre-planning, that's a pretty good idea, no matter what you're doing, especially when it comes to clothing. When you were at Glendo, what did the uh, the water levels look like? Are they coming up at all?
1: Yeah, Glendo's up to around 30%. I think Pathfinder's still... Uh somewhere in that 30 percent and some of those around 50 percent uh water levels at boys are holding really good um they're they're still high and i think Keyhole's doing pretty well also so uh the river's flowing pretty pretty low like 450 500 we really we really need to have a good wet uh winter to, to get these reservoirs filled back up
3: yeah and we've had a little bit of snow over the last couple of weeks so that really could help us eventually
1: yeah and it seems a little early but you know this time last year i remember uh having to pick up a whole lot of tree limbs out of my backyard because of that first early uh, heavy wet snow in october so um it's it's that time of year and you know now the leaves are falling off so hopefully we won't have as much tree damage but uh we we definitely need the moisture and so i mean as much as we hate to see it and and play in it uh we we need it bad
3: well if you're getting out and uh you know catching some big ones let us know you can stop into the store and uh, chat with brian or chat with anybody there and let us know how the fish bite's been for you, or you can even hit them. You guys have a great Facebook page. It's very interactive.
1: Yeah, yeah. Send us a message. Uh, we'll post your picture or, you know, tag uh, 95.5 on there, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah,
3: pretty cool stuff. It's a good time of year. It's not too hot, and I really like that. I really like the cold,
1: so. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's it's great time of year. I mean, and there's so much to do. I mean, like I said, you know, we're, we're out there fishing, but, you know, down at Glendo, there's guys shooting pheasants all around us and uh, duck hunting starting up. Goose hunting's hunt going up. We still got a bunch of big game going on. So so enjoy it, is what you're saying.
0: Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors on My Country 95.5. All right. Welcome in okay. to Wyoming Hooking and
3: Hunting Outdoors. A great show has already been had, and it can only get better because uh, we're bringing in Jamie. And Lindsay and the Dallas Safari Club. Have you heard of it yet? If you haven't, it's fairly new to the area still. And ladies, thank you so much for coming on.
5: Yeah, we're we're definitely excited to be here, and we're glad that whoever is tuning tuning in that you can hear about who we are and, and what we're about.
3: You hear the name Dallas Safari Club, and you're like, "Well, what the heck is this doing in Wyoming?" It's a great organization that does good things.
5: Yeah, absolutely, and really, safari isn't like our favorite word, um, especially because you know we live in Wyoming, and when you think of safari, you ultimately think that you know we're traveling to Africa, and and we're we're not just that. We want to, people to think. Think of safari as an adventure you know so if you actually do look up safari in the dictionary that's exactly what it is it's, it's an adventure and you know hunting whether you're hunting squirrels in your backyard you know or you are traveling uh, worldwide uh, it's always an adventure so ultimately the dallas safari club stands for conservation education and we advocate for hunters not only locally but for hunting across the world Within the Wyoming chapter of the DSC, 95% of the funds we raise goes towards projects of our choosing right here in the state of Wyoming.
3: Now, the Dallas Safari Club is still fairly new here in Wyoming. So what you're looking for now is new members.
5: Yes. So uh, before I said we have about 160 active members within the state. So we want to offer, you know, monthly meetings to our members. And, you know, we really are focused on, on family Part of the big thing that we're looking towards doing is trying to educate more women
6: and, you know, kids to get involved. You know, we really want to push that we're the Wyoming chapter of the Dallas Safari Club. And Dallas Safari Club, like nationally and worldwide, allows these chapters, such as Wyoming, to very like get very involved in our state and we get to allocate those funds how we want to and we get to create the type of program that we want to that's where it's important to Jamie and it's important to all of us that are on the board that you know right now we're in the we're still in the baby stages here but but it's our time that we can get our boots on the ground and like really create something cool and something that we know that we're going to make sure that our state and our sportsmen's out sportsmen out there and women and children are all benefiting from that
3: So you even mentioned that the DSC is new here in Wyoming, but you guys have been giving back and working with women and children.
5: Yes, absolutely. We established kind of like a a mini sector within our club and it's called Women in the Field. So a couple times a year, we want to try to get together uh, and put together events just for women. The first one that we did, we uh, put an event together at Wyoming Gun Company. Uh, We gave away... You know a pistol we gave away some free classes but we had about 50 women show up and what was really cool is that you know there was a a a wall of guns and we could shoot whatever we wanted and so um you know we had some women try out some you know ak's uh some just hand pistols some I mean, some rifles, a whole whole bunch of different things that they could just get their hands on and get familiar with these guns. And uh, that's one of the events that we've done, and we want to put together more like that for women.
3: Do you think in a situation like this that if a woman goes to a group where it's not all men, that she wouldn't feel near as intimidated? Because if a guy is trying to mansplain things to you, it makes you feel a little uncomfortable. But if it's all women it makes you kind of, you know, be on ease a little bit.
6: I think absolutely. Like I know personally, I mean, you know, with what I've done in the outdoors over the last 10 years as a woman and a lot of women have tried, you know, and I mean, no offense guys, but you know, there's some that are like, God, I've tried to go with my husband so many times and like, he, you know, it just didn't work or we didn't get along or I think it's important to like, you know, advocate for women out there and just be like, you know, you can come out and, we can create these scenarios for you and we can create these events and there's no pressure and there's no reason to be nervous. And, you know, it's, you have every right to be out there enjoying it just as much as Amanda's, you know? And I think it's important too, to educate the women to be able to help them educate their children. You know, some women want to get their kids out there. And if they're single moms and maybe they don't have the opportunity, they don't know what to do. And hopefully through programs, um, you know, such as Jamie's talking about um, and that we will create in the future, hopefully we can, We can help remedy that.
3: It's nice to see this because you don't really see this a lot. If you go to some of these banquets, you see all the husbands that are members and then their wives, they come with them. But, you know, maybe now this would be an option for uh, ladies to bring their husbands to their hunting club.
5: I would love to see nothing more than to see more ladies bringing their husbands to to a banquet like that. And, yeah, it's not just about the guys.
3: That is absolutely true. Now, later this month, you guys are having another big event. It's Black Friday, and you're watching some football up at Gruner Brothers.
5: Yeah, so we're bringing in the the big screen, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna take over the whole brewery for that day. So twenty five dollars will get you in the door. It'll get you a free beer. It gets your raffle ticket to win a signed Jay Novacek football, and we're going to have a lot of food. fun. Yeah, and it covers and your and food. And it covers
6: your food. So we're going to have like an entire room with just like tailgating themed food. So that $25 ticket gets your food for the evening too. And then, I mean, it's, you know, guns, beer, and football. So, I mean, what more can you ask for? Really? It,
3: exactly. And and it's a great way for people to get involved with this club, mm-hmm. to become a member Is it difficult? Do you have to sign up or you have to put your credit card in and pay a whole bunch of money?
5: Actually, no. So membership uh, to the Wyoming Club is free right now. So we're going to have all the information on what to do to sign up and to join at the event. And if you have any questions, uh, Lindsay and I will be there. Um, other members of our board uh, and other folks who have been involved within the club will also be there to answer questions.
3: That's uh, awesome. You can go check out the website, yodsc.org, or on Facebook, it's HuntingYO. Jamie, Lindsay, you guys uh, look forward to hearing more about the Dallas Safari Club.
5: Thank
6: you. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Absolutely, we will. All
3: right, you can get over to the My Country 95.5 app, listen to all of our other episodes, and find out more about the Dallas Safari Club. Thanks again for tuning in. Another great show coming next week.